Hello, this is Harry Thomason, and welcome to The Story You Never Heard, executive produced by Benji Gaither and Douglas Jackson. On this podcast, we'll tell you stories about the world, your country, your people, and things that happened long ago and not so long ago. Stories you probably never heard until now. Here's tonight's tale. The little girl who wanted to help. Her nickname was Etta, and she was an extraordinary little child and product of an extremely difficult childhood. Her mother was Baroness Ella von Hemstra, minor Dutch old, and her father was Joseph Victor Anthony Rushton, a British subject and something of a dad. They lived in Arnhem in the Netherlands. Both of her parents loved the Nazis in the 1930s. Her mother even managed to meet her hero, Adolf Hitler, and was enamored by him and wrote favorable articles about him and the Nazis for the British Union of Fascists. Etta's father abandoned the family in 1935 and moved back to London and became so active with English fascists that the British interned him during World War II. In 1936, her mother shipped her off to a small boarding school in England, where she fell in love with the world of dance. With the outbreak of the war, her mother brought her back to the Netherlands, thinking a neutral country might be safer. Instead, there she witnessed firsthand the brutal Nazi occupation of Western Europe from 1940 until 1945. The constant night bombing raids on Arnhem changed her mother's mind about how she felt about Hitler and the Nazis as they continued to destroy her country. Etta was 11 when the Germans invaded the Netherlands and made her hometown of Arnhem one of the primary bases of operation. She felt and experienced the full trauma of war. She watched as railway cars full of Jewish people eased along the tracks not so far from her house, headed for deportation and ultimately to death camps. She could barely take it as the train cars picked up speed, and she was exasperated because there was nothing a young, thin, small girl could do about any of it. Then her beloved uncle was executed in retaliation for his resistance activities, and one of her brothers was deported to a German labor camp, and another had to spend the war in hiding. Her family suffered from the cold. They suffered from malnutrition. She was just literally skin and bones. Almost no supplies were available to anyone. Her home was repeatedly damaged by bombing raids. At first by the German invaders and after D-Day, June the 6th, 1944 invasion of Normandy, things got even worse. The Dutch railroad workers went on strike to limit the Germans' ability to resupply their frontline troops. But this also further deprived the Dutch population of food. Starvation became commonplace. And at one point during the so-called hunger winter, the little girl was so weak she gave up the thing she loved most dancing. Even then, she tried to give her meager food rations to her mother and her relatives. Things soon got even worse. As Operation Market Garden, the effort by British paratroopers to capture the bridge over the Rhine at Arnhem got underway and brought the war right to her front door. There was heavy fighting on the street where she lived, forcing she and her family to cower in the basement. Finally, the now 15-year-old thought she might as well die trying to help the resistance and her country as starving to death. And knowing full well what the penalty would be if she were caught, certain death, 
She started out carrying secret messages between resistance groups. Then at one point, her family hit a British soldier and helped him escape back behind the British lines. Another time, the brave young girl was sent to take a message and food into the deep woods where a downed Allied flyer was hiding. It was a dangerous, delicate task. Her qualifications were simple. She spoke English fluently, whereas other people in the area did not. She made her way through the dangerous woods and sought out the flyer, a fighter pilot who had been shot down and now was hiding in the forest, just north of the city of Belt. He must have been quite close to the village because the Germans agreed that no civilians could trespass into the forest because their Dillon Air Base sprawled across the edge of the forest north of Arnhem and Velt. For any Dutch civilian, venturing near this complex meant death. Our girl made contact with a fugitive airman. By this point in the war, hundreds of Allied airmen had been shot down over the Netherlands mostly from B-17 or B-24 heavy bombers on the way to or from Germany. Etta was part of the activities of the local resistance to funnel these flyers south through local towns and cities to Belgium where they could be handed off to the underground network. Her adventures of this type helped keep the machinery running. Shortly after delivering the message to the flyers successfully, which was always similar, Go to this place, say these words, and the people will help you. She was startled to see Dutch Nazi police in green uniforms approaching her. Now, another 15-year-old might have crumbled at this moment. Not our girl, not the dancer with the iron will and self-discipline to fight to the top of the Arnhem Ballet. She kept her wits and began picking wildflowers in the rough countryside. When the Germans in the green uniforms reached her, she remained silent and sweetly presented her flowers to them. After the soldiers checked her official papers, she was allowed to pass. Her heart pounded for several minutes as she walked away from the soldiers, holding her flowers and smiling and waving. Every loyal Dutch school girl and boy did their little bit to help, our girl said. Many were much more courageous than I was. She loved dancing and was gifted and... Having now gained back some weight and feeling better, she performed in dangerous benefit events to help raise money for the resistance. These were called black evenings because the windows where the events took place were blacked out and silence prevailed. She would later say of these events that the best audiences I ever had made not a single sound at the end of my performance. After the war, she moved first to Amsterdam to study ballet with Sonia Gaskell, and later to London, where she studied with Marie Rambert. She hoped to become a prima ballerina, but at five feet, seven inches, she was just too tall. Moreover, she liked the energy for intense roles, probably the result of her sustained malnutrition during the war. Eventually, she turned to the stage and began dancing as a chorus girl. Before long, she started to work as an actress, and her career blossomed. She became a style icon and, in later life, a tireless humanitarian who worked to improve conditions for children in some of the poorest parts of Africa and Asia as an ambassador for UNICEF. Now, you may be wondering who this brave little girl was, but you probably know her, no matter what your age. Her work as an actress paid off. 
Her name was Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn starred in her first major American film, Roman Holiday, in 1953, and promptly won the Academy Award for it. She also appeared in such acclaimed films as Sabrina, War and Peace, and of course the American classic, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Not bad for a brave little teenage freedom fighter. Well, that's our story for tonight, and we hope you will join us next week for another The Story You Never Heard. Come visit us on the web at thestoryyouneverheard.com and facebook.com slash T-S-Y-N-H. This show is executive produced by Benji Gaither and Douglas Jackson. Our technical consultant and website administrator is John Balderston, and Justin Nichols is our editor.